This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Hey, opener tomorrow, maybe? <laughs> huh? Could be. You can't hurt. You can't fault a guy for wondering. You know what? Wishful thinking, but yes. I, I just got the extended forecast. Mm-hmm. They're forecasting a. Deg- uh, a high of 68 next Thursday, a week from today. Could it be? Wow, that would be a quick turnaround. Could it be that our opener could be a week from tomorrow? Oh, my goodness. Let's not get our hopes. That's not a moment too soon. The opener is 70 at any point during the show. Correct? It might be at, Wait, at between 1 and 3. Between right. 1 and 3. Could be as late as 259.55. That's right. Yep. What if it happens Friday uh, after 3? That's not an opener for GL. That's the sports segment. Then you have to go to the next week. Sorry. Rules is the rules. What is these rules? The mayor's in his car. That's right. He's having his own scramble. Oh, that's right. (laughs) He's having his own It ain't never going to happen unless it's between 1 and 3 on a Friday. Say, uh, author's corner alert. What do you have? Uh, John Sanford in a week from today. Got it. We know him as John Camp. Yes. But the New York Times bestseller list know him as John Sanford. And the newest one is Twisted Prey. And mm. it's twisted. All right. If, if you remember a previous Prey book in which a an evil woman named Taryn Grant achieved the U.S. Senate and uh, uh, Lucas Davenport thought her guilty of murder but could not prove it. Ah. She's back in the, uh, she's back in his... Uh, Sites right now. When he comes in, I think I'm going to give him some some tips on potential uh, book titles. Let's pray. No, know, I think he's fine. Prayer, pray for me. This is P R E Y. Let us pray. <laughs> what the skunk family said when they went. Into I the made church. it 14 innings last night. I. That's did about what I went down to. Mm-hmm. Four, you made yeah. it to 14 innings. Mm-hmm. That was only about. That was before 10:30. 14 innings. What happened here? What we're, just happened? Uh, we're doing the mock. What does that mean? It was show prep that Did was so... Did he see so, that the damn red light was he doesn't, on? He doesn't care. It was show prep that was so unbelievably important that he had to pull the his <laughs> producer out to say, are you doing the mock? Yes. And then slam the door. <clears throat> Ray of Hope. From Chad. I think he's still talking to John Hyde about it out there. Or John Hyde just wants to get a newscast done. All right. Double ray of hope. 
Ray of Hope number one. Ray of Hope number one. Do you one. have the button ready for Ray of I Hope? I do have the button ray ready for Ray of Hope. Guy next to me loading up at Menards today had a GL sticker on his truck. Here's today's Ray of Hope. Ray of Hope number two. My daughter's softball coach texted the team last night and said, bring some boots and a snow shovel to practice tomorrow for a workout. They will be shoveling the field tonight so they can get some games in. Good work, uh, good work, Coach Dickinson. Good luck, Ray of Hope number two. Here's today's Ray of Hope. Boy, Joe O'Brien is prominently, you can really hear Joe O'Brien's voice in there. Kelly Lynn and Joe O'Brien, listen. Here's today's Ray of Hope. One of our... One of the most, uh, you had nothing to do with that, did you? I think I was in there, but I was I was so drowned out. I think I whispered. I uh, got a note from uh, Scott Eilertson. Okay. This Thursday. Today. Today. Is the 50th anniversary when Ralph Playstead and his three fellow expedition members accomplished the first confirmed surface conquest of the North Pole in 1968. Mr. Playstead was born in Bruno, Minnesota, and became a successful insurance agent in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, in the 60s. He died in September of 2008, and the funeral was attended by Will Steger, Paul Shirk, and Ann Bancroft, who were all there to honor Ralph for his accomplishment. I got to know him well during the last 13 years of his life, which will always be one of my life's highlights. He was my inspiration for accomplishing the 1990 Minnesota to Moscow snowmobile expedition. He was truly one of the great garage logicians of all time, and I know he would be honored with a little shout-out from the mayor on this special day. Thanks and good luck. We've had Scott Eilertson on the show before. Mm. So, uh, yes, 50th anniversary of Ralph Playstead and his uh, Merry Travelers uh, 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 defeating the North Pole on sleds. In 1968. Thank you. Very nice. Uh, we got more Barbara Bush bashing. Come on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to the there were some emails that took us to task that we were having fun during uh, George President Bush's eulogy of his mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were distasteful. And I also think that... Um, what he was expressing during all of those words was what a great sense of humor she had. I didn't see these emails. That's because um, if you're that worked up and bothered about something that ridiculous, you you need better things to be worried about. No, I said I didn't see those emails. I know. We didn't, we didn't bother you with them because they were so absurd. Well, yeah, but he would have on contact <clears throat> us submissions. He would have. He must have just deleted them. Me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I look at my email. Well, I know, I know you do. I'm not saying that you must have missed them somehow because they came to all of us. Anyway, go ahead. More. A writer for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert has found herself in hot water over a tweet she wrote about the death of former First Lady Barbara Bush. R.I.P. Barbara Bush, the only woman who was 92 for 30 years, Jen Spira tweeted shortly after the news broke of Bush's death. Hmm. Spira quickly garnered a negative reaction. Uh, from her followers. Uh, I think I know. Uh, they must think it's okay to rip because they're lefties and they're ripping Republicans. And they're giving a shot. at Ripping is too strong. They're get, taking shots at Republicans. A rep for the Late Show did not immediately return Fox News' request for comment. However, Spira's tweet did receive a positive reaction from comedian Josh Weissman 
who, who replied awesome to her tweet. She answered, uh, we do, we all do our part. Um, awesome would be overused there. Top CBS lawyer Haley. Do you remember this one? Tell me. It's not the first time a CBS employee has raised eyebrows. Mm. Top CBS lawyer Haley Geftman-Gold was fired in October 2017 after she... It's it's even hard to... After she said she was not sympathetic to victims of the Las Vegas shooting because country music fans are Republicans. I do remember that. Remember that? Yeah. That was very distasteful. Oh, that's distasteful. Got to push back, people. Otherwise, we're going to be taken over by idiots. You got to push back. Mm-hmm. CBS did. They fired this clown. Geftman Dash Gold later issued an apology, but it was too late. Uh, CBS told Fox News at the time that the network let her go because she violated the standards of our company. <clears throat> okay. What are you going to do about this creep who writes for Colbert? Oh, they always, they'll be hiding. She ain't going to get fired. No. Now, Barbara Bush always did look maybe older than her years. It was her white hair that had already You know why she had white hair? Because of George W. Nope. Dang it. Why? Because she lost her little girl, Robin, to leukemia. Oh, yeah. That's three years of age. Well, while that was happening, her hair turned white. And she never bothered to worry about it. She just let it stay white. I always thought she looked uh, very um, matron-like. Well, do you think this fool knows this? This so-called writer for Colbert? Do you think she knows that? Okay. But you know what the other thing is? If, If Mrs. Bush was alive, if Barbara Bush was alive... She wouldn't care. No, I I, I understand. But that's why your hair was white. I bet that research was not done by that that person. That's how not vain she was. Well, you know. She lost a kid. Her hair turned white. She said, the hell with it. I'm not going to worry about my hair. And remember yesterday, we didn't, we never got to, we ran out of time. But that email. We always run out of time. We always run out of time. There was an email sent by a uh, a couple had attended a party at the vice presidential yep. naval observatory home of when the VP. George H W was vice president. Correct, but about to become run president or become, run for become. president. And uh, but a sitting vice president, they had a, a party and they were supposed to mingle. The guy couldn't see his wife or the uh, president, vice president Bush or Barbara. He looked out the window. They were sitting out there throwing a wet muddy tennis ball the three of them and millie was going back and forth and they were arguing about who was a uh, a better retriever dog and the man said it was just a simple um very humble uh presence of yeah we haven't seen that since really not really We know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. I didn't think we would uh, be necessarily visiting the destroyed academy again so soon, but let's go back to uh, this uh, professor, so-called professor at Fresno State. 
Randa Girard. Mm -hmm. She celebrated the death of Barbara Bush. Uh, She bragged about how much money she made as a tenured professor, saying, I'll never be fired. Uh, Girard has since locked her account after racist and anti-Semitic tweets were discovered. What does that, what does that mean? Uh, well, for example, she wrote, I can't wait for the old white guard of literary writers and critics to die. Their time is effing up too, Girard wrote. In another tweet, Girard writes, coming up, a bunch of effing white women. That mean women are going to take over the world or? I don't know. Uh, In another tweet, Gerard showed her arrogance, telling another account to get the F word out of here with your white feminism. I said, don't at me, B word. What's that mean? That means don't send a message in my direction on Twitter. Don't at me. Oh, I see. Oh, my God. Don't at me, B word. I'm a professor. Usually language that's used by about a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. Girard, who is Muslim and is a major supporter of the Palestinian state, also wrote, we are so much cooler than Israelis. Don't at me, B-word. All right. Perhaps the most problematic tweet from Girard at the administration. I'm sorry. Perhaps the most problematic tweet from Girard the administration must now address is one from last night in which she posted a phone number she claimed belonged to her, but is actually the number to Arizona State's 24-hour emergency crisis line. She's got some serious mental issues. An official who works on on the crisis. Which, by the way, might not sound like a big deal, but in doing that, she sparked so much public outrage that that, that helpline, that phone line became jammed, so people that actually needed to use it couldn't. Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. Well, I'm oh. sorry. I'm, I apologize. An official who works on the crisis hotline said they have been receiving an extremely high number of calls due to her tweet. Gerard's tweet containing the number to the crisis hotline was so outrageous that far-left activist and physician Eugene Gu called her out over it. I don't know who he is. But he wrote... Your freedom of speech does not entitle you to have all these people spam an actual mental health crisis line. Please stop. Oh, that's that should be a fireable offense. Yeah, there should that should but be. But see, the academy. When I say the academy is destroyed, there are too many examples to corroborate this insistence. Uh, this is Fresno State, and the president says, well, we represent uh, freedom of speech, and we represent all views, and she doesn't represent our feelings towards Barbara Bush or whatever. No, you're stuck, pal. This, this, These are the monsters you created. The academy is off the rails. Mm-hmm. It, it's completely off the rails, and it harbors fools like this. If I, don't, if I understand tenure, it's a means by which professors can take risks in, and I'm certainly uh, phones will ring and I'll, I'll be glad to be corrected. But as I understand tenure, it means professors can take risks in their chosen field in an effort to advance the, the knowledge of their students without them having to be uh, feared getting fired because they took a risk. Well, that's a long, that's a long way from this tub of lard using her tenure uh, to uh, just be a completely useless and foul human being. Okay. Uh, Used as a noun, the holding of an office. Mm -hmm. Used as a verb to give someone a permanent post 
especially as a teacher or a professor. Right. But I think, but I think you're given the permanent post for purposes of having some, uh, having some um, uh, knowledge that y- you can take some risks as a teacher without fearing that those risks will cost you your job. In other words, let's say uh, this is quite a risk. A Spanish professor might—I can't come up with an analogy okay. because I don't—I'm—I'm I'm really uninterested in the world of the academy. But I get the point of what tenure is. Or maybe a chemistry professor says, look, we're going to try this. It's never been done before, but let's see what happens. And then the lab blows up. No one dies, but he can't get fired. That's my understanding of what tenure is. It's a good union. Yeah. But this this foul creature, uh, they need to I, don't find see, a loophole. I don't see why tenure would protect her from uh, falsely releasing a telephone line that then deprives students needing crisis help from being able to receive it. Why, why would she be protected in those cases? And, and why, why would she, I wonder if she posted that with the knowledge that this was, well, this she place. knew it wasn't her number. Well, I know she wasn't. Did she make it up or did she specifically target this she must self-help have. line? Well, do you, Boy, that'd be a hell of a coincidence. Wouldn't I it? was just going to say, there's no way she, she didn't know She knew that. damn well what she's doing this Person. Person. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, she's not helping out Fresno State at all. Nobody's going to say. But Fresno, but Fre- it could. She could. This could be anywhere. She could be at the U. We. This is what we've learned about the academy. This is not isolated to certain schools. Mm-hmm. This is private schools, public schools, big schools, small schools, community schools. The 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 academy is drawn to it. Uh, the the Mysterians who uh, are in, intolerable, uh, insufferable, uh, spoiled, uh, selfish. They're not even useful idiots. They're just idiots. No, there's there's hand, hand, we've, it's, we've done pieces about the people at Duke who've come under fire. It doesn't make any difference what school it is. And this, this, is, a, this, this is a truly a rotten woman. This is a bad woman. Yeah. And boy, is she flaunting all of her protected status. I'm a Muslim. I'm, I'm a female. I'm an immigrant. I have tenure. Hey, go bleep yourself, you dummy. Can I have satellite radio for a minute? Oh, boy. Uh, let me see here. We haven't used it in a while, so i got to make sure I got it. Uh, see how calming you've been that we haven't had to use it? This is for Rhonda Gerard, if you ever give me the satellite radio. done i had to uh, felt good though not only did i turn off your mic <laughs> and pull it down yeah. i was fearful of, of you would be shouting so loud you could hear it over the music i know but i didn't we're no you're a professional that's why we have said you're a professional yeah. joe seven five Advancing Garage Logic Segment Number 3 John, as is our customer. Yes. Tom, go ahead. Hey, Joe. Yep. Just real quick about this situation. Um, you know, I can't help 
but think about the folks who ignored Mein Kampf, for instance, when yeah. it came out. Mm-hmm. And of course, now in hindsight, everybody looks back and says, how could we not have seen it? And I think that anyone who says that we're not headed for something similar has their head in the ground. Mm-hmm. And there's just one other thing I'd say, too. It's like, you know, despite its myriad faults, if there's one thing that Western culture offered to the world, it was some level of refinement. Mm-hmm. And what you're seeing now is a preview of what the world's going to look like if and when people like this get become in charge. So I don't know how we fight this, but that's it's a clear weird we thought. Got... I thought of that today on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. What if these people win? What then? That's who do they it. attack? Joe, I've told you before. It's going to be Christians versus lions. They've mm-hmm. identified their other, and it's people like you and me. It's people who own assault weapons. It's NRA members. Once they get rid of us, this utopia they're foresee is going to come to fruition, and it's going to be a nightmare. Oh, it's going to be dreadful. Good luck, sir. Yeah, thank you. I'm not a cheery note on All right, there. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Here we go with Johnny going, huh? hey, thanks, in the newsroom Joe. pulling his head out of the hey. lion's jaws. So does that mean I can stop with the diet now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> it's sunny. Uh, 47 degrees. This update brought to you by MetaFast. Timberwolves now down two games to none to the Rockets in their playoff series after Houston beat the Wolves 102-82 to last night. They play at the Target Center on Saturday evening. The Twins beat Cleveland down in Puerto Rico 2-1 to in 16 innings last night. Ryan Lamar's third hit of the game, knocking in the winning run. Uh, Twins are off today. They'll be in Florida to play the Rays over the weekend before they head to New York to play the Yankees. Everybody make it to the end of the game? Uh, he's 14th. sleeping, yes. 14th, I mean. Hey, 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 hey. What? Did the Twins ever fly off the island? Do we know? I haven't seen reports that they did not make it, so I'm assuming they did. Yeah, they must have. Do you guys want to know, seriously, do you want to know how long that game was? How long is it? Five hours. Joe Maurer was 34 when that game started. (laughs) That's true, isn't it? And he was 35 when it ended. Yeah. (laughs) He finally got a hit, too, didn't he? He got two hits. Two hits. Two hits, yep. He's having a good year. I think so. NHL announced uh, last... I'm sorry to interrupt, John. (laughs) If you're sorry, why? If you interrupt so much, why do you say you're sorry to interrupt? Because <laughs> we're polite. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess right. I, I'm rude enough to be polite. There you are. Does uh, he have any shot at three thousand? Boy, boy, that's a tough to question. Seven, probably seven years at he, least. Yeah, he'd probably have to play at least seven more years, and he's he already have to play at 35. least forty-two. Yeah, okay, it's I a long shot. It. I, I mean, see it, and he's got to start hitting. He's hitting. He had 300 last year. Ruck, he's hitting 350. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, this last like last yeah. couple of days, he's got to, you know. He'd have to sense. average, you know, 150 plus. It's it's so it's a long shot. It would be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> NHL announced last night that Jets defenseman Josh Morrissey's suspended for Friday's Game 5 after his cross-check on wild forward Eric Stahl in he's Game 4. He's a Bush leaguer. The Jets lead the best of series three games to one with a chance to close it out with a win Friday in Winnipeg. News notes from today. Carver County Attorney Mark Metz announcing this morning no criminal charges will be filed in the death of Prince as investigators can't track down who gave him the pills that were a counterfeit Vicodin laced with fentanyl. At the press conference today, Metz said Prince likely thought he was taking Vicodin but was actually taking the counterfeit Vicodin with the fentanyl. Those pills found in his dressing room in a leave and bear pain bottles and a single pill was found in his bed, according to authorities. The report said the concentration of fentanyl in his blood was 67.8 micrograms per liter. Fatalities have been documented ranging anywhere from 3 to 58 micrograms. 
The report also said the level of fentanyl in his liver was 450 micrograms per kilogram and noted liver concentrations greater than 69 micrograms seem to represent overdose or fatal toxicity cases. Senator Bob Corker, a Republican from Tennessee, suggests that the president may not run again in 2020, saying whether the president runs again or not, I think, is a very quest- is very questionable, candidly. He declined multiple times to say whether or not he'd back the president in 2020 during an interview with CNN today. He said, look, you know, who knows whether President Trump is ever going to run? Uh, pressed on the fact that the president has, in fact, already announced he's running for re-election, Corker, who's been critical of the president, countered, surely CNN is not taking for face value everything that comes out of the White House all of a sudden. Our record-breaking cold and snow is causing some delays for Minneapolis parks. The city's Parks and Rec Board said seasonal maintenance has had to be put on hold. Brent Kath is the assistant director of asset management for the Minneapolis Parks and Rec Board. He said spring is a complicated time for us. He said he and his team have a long list of maintenance projects that need to be finished up to get the parks ready for spring. Among the items on the to-do list, planting young trees, removing hockey rinks, seasonal work on golf courses, de-icing and cleaning pools, and reopening 300-plus plumbing systems throughout the parks, a process he says takes up to eight weeks. One of the biggest tasks is prepping nearly 400 multi-purpose fields across the city. Kath stressed it can take up to a week of 50-degree temps for frost to thaw, then another week for the field to drain and dry out enough to play on. The board said there is no definite timeline for when everything will reopen. Cuba has made it official. They have a new president. For the first time in over 40 years, his last name is not Castro. He's still a commie. Miguel Diaz-Canal officially became president after Raul Castro officially stepped down, and Diaz-Canal was confirmed by the National Assembly. The 86-year-old Castro will remain head of the Communist Party, the most powerful governing body on the island. Diaz-Canal, who has served as Cuba's vice president since 2013, turns 58 on Friday. The transition, according to the Cuban folks, is an effort to guarantee new leaders can maintain power in the communist-run government. But Diaz-Canal faces challenges ahead, mostly economic stagnation and a younger generation's disenfranchisement with limited opportunities. Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos revealed that its Prime membership service is now over 100 million paid customers worldwide. The company hasn't previously... Oh, that's a lot of customers. The company hasn't previously offered a specific number about its Prime members. Instead, keeping the size of one of its most important businesses a secret until now, Amazon had said previously it has tens of millions of Prime members in the U.S. and tens of millions internationally. Because Amazon has kept up the secret for so long, many industry analysts have instead spent years estimating the Prime membership roles, often offering up numbers that were tens of millions apart from each other. Without knowing how big Prime is or how much it's growing, it's been difficult to figure out how successful the program has been for Amazon. An Indiana fire department said a woman showed up at a station for help with an unusual problem recently. Her pet raccoon was stoned on marijuana. That's so she yeah. went. She went where, John? She went to the fire department. Mm-hmm. The Wayne. You get that free uh, blood pressure check. And <laughs> Wayne Township Fire Department said firefighters woke up to a woman ringing their doorbell at the station at about two in the morning on a night last week. Oh my God! Help me! Fire. No, this doesn't help us. This doesn't help us push back, does it? No. Fire Captain Mike Pruitt told local TV stations as many times as the doorbell on the firehouse was pushed, the firefighters were certain that something bad was going on outside. Well, when they opened, the woman showed firefighters her pet raccoon and explained it was having a problem. 
Fire department tweeted the raccoon had smoked too much weed. Yes, it happened. As much as we love animals, though, there wasn't much we could do. Pruitt said the woman told firefighters the raccoon had been exposed to too much of someone else's marijuana. He said firefighters could tell the raccoon was lethargic and met all the symptoms that typically are run into when someone's been exposed to marijuana. Pruitt said there was nothing to do but wait for the marijuana to wear off. He told a local TV station there wasn't really much we could do. It was just sort of a thing that was going to have to take some time. What state does this idiot live in? Uh, Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, Wayne Township mm-hmm. in Indiana. So a quick thinking fireman. Grabbed a bag of Doritos and a couple slices of Wonder Bread. <laughs> It'll be all right tomorrow. Raccoon eight. And, uh, yeah, It'll be fun. fine. Well, okay. Thanks a lot. That's just, uh, <laughs> you cannot stop him. You just make a move. Joe Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. Um, I know last hour the temperature got up to 47. We're going to call it up to 49 right now is where it stands officially at the airport. Uh, Even though they're not reporting that yet, it's going to be 49 or 50 by the time we get to this next hour. Uh, Tonight's low dropping down to 28. That's the unfortunate thing. So a lot of melting going on right now. But we could get some fog to form because of all that moisture added to the atmosphere. And as the temperature drops tonight, it'll drop down to that dew point. So we'll get uh, quite a bit of fog to form. Some of it could be locally dense. Very light winds tonight also adding to that problem. Sunny skies tomorrow, though, back up to 52 degrees. The average high is 60 still. And then on uh, Saturday, we're looking for a high of 56, 60 on Sunday for the first time this year, 66 now on Monday with mainly sunny skies through the uh, beginning of next week. Then a chance of showers develops as it turns cooler on Tuesday, 55, 56 Wednesday, back up to 68 a week from today. So we're going to get close to our first 70 a week from today. Uh, Until that time, kind of a mild day today, beautiful out there with sunshine. We're at 49, heading for a high today, Joe. Of at least 50. Yeah, did you have a little trouble there? I did. I, I was <laughs> going to say, right now we're at 49. I already said that. Did you? Uh, aren't we getting the kind of slow melt we want, though? Uh, no. This is this is going to happen way too fast. There's um, nothing melting. It is melting, Joe. No, it isn't, Dave. Look at it. It's melting, All we Joe. see is white. I, you know, I kind of <laughs> am with Joe there. It's, it's melting, Where's Joe. it melting, Dave? It's yeah. melting down into the top layer of ground, but the, the ground, it's going into the rivers and streams, Joe. It really is. Uh, right. Trust me. It, it's, this, I believe you. This is going to happen very fast. All right. Okay. Bye, Dave. See ya. Okay. 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 Is this distracted driving week? It's month, isn't it? Uh, Where you're supposed to be distracted. No, there's there's an, a campaign. Kenny was talking about it. <clears throat> are they on the buses busting people that are texting? Well, they should be because people are idiots and don't pay attention when they're driving. Yes. Sorry. Well, the Highway Patrol, State Patrol, has issued a couple of examples of what they've encountered. Oh, God. Oh, I can imagine this. Well, frankly, none of them surprise me. But what's so frightening is just how many people are not paying attention mm-hmm. and they're among us i mean they're they're riding next to us and our kids and everything a worthington officer pulled over a 24 year old who admitted he was checking his bank statement while driving sure the officer told him about andrea bovey a mother of two who was killed by a distracted driver doing the same thing Minnesota State Patrol stopped a 20 year old for swerving and the man eventually admitted he was on snapchat and digging under his seat 
for his sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A 24-year-old man was stopped in Duluth for texting with both hands and driving with his knees. I thought that was okay, huh? His text showed a long, unsent text about vehicle rotors, according to the State Patrol. I don't, I don't know what that means. Like rotors on a tire? Or brake rotors, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think it's young people? A yeah. trooper stopped a 73-year-old near Mentor who crossed the center line three times. She admitted to reading emails and texting her daughter. Let it wait. Uh, A St. Paul copper stopped a 30-year-old woman for texting and driving who had been stopped and cited earlier that week for the same thing. Okay. Uh, These are are lucky cases where nobody died. Right. But why, like that, the one, twice in one week, why doesn't she get the message? Just, all you have to do is pull over. Nothing will change the habits of these people until they make the enforcement more strict. If you don't make the punishments more severe, and if you don't have judges enforcing those punishments, nothing is going to change. Let me let me uh, harken back to a story I said the other day mm. that a, there's a, a a stretch of Mississippi River Boulevard that quite literally might as well have been bombed in a war. I know exactly where it All is, right. and when I go through there, I I'm crawling, mm-hmm. I'm crawling, and usually the people behind me. Probably say, boy, I'm glad this guy slowed down. Right. Holy mackerel. You're doing him a service. I'm doing him a favor. But the other day, two people passed me. The only two people behind me passed me, uh, one of whom was a woman. And I, the only thing I could think is, see, none of this texting and driving should, should, should surprise us. People don't care about their civil contract with others. Right. People don't care about their social contract with the human race. They, I'm going to try to make a link here. If you don't care about your car, you don't care. You don't, you really don't care about a lot of things. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, 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 Well, no, not a lot of things. You, you, you are, you care about the wrong things at such an extreme. Uh, The things that are important in your life. If, if you don't care about a banging up your front end in a crater. I guess. I guess they have money that they're willing to just throw away, continuing to fix their cars. But if you're in such a hurry and you wreck your your tie, your break your tie rod on the wheel, that's going to take time to go to the uh, the mechanic. But people, the the people I see texting, and it's terribly frequent. It's just terribly frequent. They they are so disengaged. From their responsibility mm-hmm. to the rest of us, that there's no hope for this. It's it's you can tie it into to the decline of moral and ethical clarity. They they have no intention of interacting with their fellow man man, ma- man kind, which is meaning everyone, not humankind, human hu- 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 humankind, because they're they're. Selfish. That's the only thing I can come and up with. And that's nothing that can be peeled away immediately or or if at all. The 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 twenty year old, the seventeen year old that has that has had these phones attached to their hand, hair, whatever, um 
that's their that's their main goal. It, they would rather lose their wallet than lose their phone because oh, they couldn't live without. Their I have phone. no doubt about that. Oh, but but uh, it's it's a terrible situation, and I really I, I really worry about you know like Reavers said, you know your your family member could get wiped out by one of these morons, and. But look at what happens when you, like, because I, I do follow these cases because it makes me so angry that such a selfish act can result in death. Mm-hmm. So I do follow these cases very closely. If you watch when these people go through a trial and what they're actually ending up being charged with, mm-hmm. it's it's maddening to the people that lost a family member. Mm-hmm. Because they don't treat it like it's it's an epidemic. It is everywhere. These people are everywhere on the road, not paying attention. And I don't want to go down this road. We've brought it up many times, but you you can't tell me the technology doesn't exist to disable the phone in right. the car. Right. Yeah. And I don't even care about the passengers anymore. Screw it. The hell with them. No. I got along for a long time without a cell phone. You'll live. Right. You'll and 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 it works. You're, you're, you, you, the minute you get in your car, the phone turns off, and outside the car, the phone works. And to and to uh, throw a monkey wrench into somebody holding the phone just out the window to make it work, uh, it doesn't work within ten feet of your car. How's that? I think it's great. That I'm could be favor. done in a heartbeat. I think it's great. And if you're if you need to get a hold of someone while you're en route, you just have to physically pull over and walk. Ten feet away from your view. Got to be ten feet away. You can't yep. be hanging out the window like a dog. See you. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. I'm glad the Twins hung in there and won that game in 16 innings because it uh, would have been a bad loss after that outing Berrios had. Yeah, and I was kind of disappointed Molitor took him out so early. He, he was breezing through the, uh, the what, Indians. Did he have a six-pitch inning, then he got taken out? He was only at 84. He was through seven. He oh, had a I'm six. So, don't, don't, don't even give me the numbers. I'm so right, weary of this. What are numbers? Well, but, oh, my God, he threw 90 No, uh, that's no. that's why I'm saying even with the, the pitch count people that are all worried about it, th- th- there was no reason to take him out of the game, none. Oh, and oh. even when he was asked about it, the ESPN reporter asked him. He said, yeah, it wasn't my decision, but... Because I thought, okay, maybe Berrios went to him, and he didn't. I was looking for the box score. Did he go seven and two-thirds? Just seven. Seven. Seven flat. How many hits did he give up? Seven. Couple. Yeah, I mean, couple. nothing. Yeah. He was, he was, you know what he was? On Puerto Rican fire. Puerto Rico, man. He was on Puerto Rican fire. I thought the lights looked a little dim in there, to tell you the truth. Uh, in the, uh, I didn't watch well, the game. didn't have power. ESPN. <laughs> yeah, low power. Is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's uh, 